again to the Chicago Gumbo Podcast, where there's always an interesting conversation, which eventually turns the subject into music. Mix it up in a pot. Serve it up. Enjoy this episode. sat down with a friend of mine, Ed Ramsey. I call him Captain Ed. He was the first person I ever went on the radio with. He let, he let me come on his show because I was trying to come up with my own radio show, which I've always wanted to do, but I've never done it before. So he invited me to his show, and we sat down and had a great conversation. I've been hooked ever since. He is now a member of the board of Museum Broadcast Communications. And um, he sat down with me and had a conversation about how that relates to the Chicago history of music. Well, let's listen in. I've been with them. I I just um, uh, got elected to the board in October. And uh, it's a wonderful group of people that uh, their main mission is to carry forth the um, the history or just really the wonderful history of all things broadcast, um, radio and television. And a lot of that is, you know, based on the fact that Chicago has always had a, a strong um, background and a strong contribution uh, to broadcasting. Um, although, you know, a lot of that stuff started out in the East Coast. I mean, really in the Midwest, Chicago, um, really um, uh, had its footprint, uh, a very phenomenal uh, size of 
talent, um, uh, listeners, and and what have you that really um, impacts really what broadcasting is today. And the broadcast communication has been around since 1987. Uh, it's been different in locations and such. And um, what it does is that it has many um, exhibits and uh, on a yearly basis since it started. It just focused on uh, just you know radio and television. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, one of their big um, uh, exhibits was uh, Saturday Night Live, and they had that last year, I believe, uh-huh. and it was well received. Uh, you know, they basically had you know different areas uh, that really focused on the show, how the show was produced. Um, uh, years ago, about three, four years ago, they had a, a great um, um, uh, uh, exhibit on Johnny Carson, uh, the Johnny Carson show. I took a lot of pictures for that. Uh, they have a wonderful um, archive of radio and television uh, broadcasts, news, uh, and they're not just Chicago-based. They're, they're throughout the entire United States, and that's what they, they, the Museum of Broadcast Communication really focuses on. Yes, we're, our home base is in Chicago, and Chicago has a strong bit of history, but we also have to um, let everyone know that you know broadcasting is is, is something that's huge all over the all over the uh, country uh, as well as all over the world. Is the archive accessible to researchers? Yes, it is. You would have to reach out, obviously, to the um, uh, broadcast communicate. I'm sorry, the the museum to see how you can get access to mm-hmm. it. Um, but yes, absolutely, it is. It is available. Okay. Um, I started there as a uh, volunteer back in '87, and I was just floored at how wonderful and how well built it was when it came to the archives. Uh-huh. Uh, and th- there's things that are donated to them all the time. Um, they have um, many, many artifacts, uh, old and new and what have you too as well. Right. Um, and what they're really working on, I should say we, what we're really working on is um, really promoting and, and making that linkage between the world of podcasting today yeah. and find similarities to how that form of media uh, was, is, and how it, um, what, where the similarities are when it comes to old, you know, radio and television. Right. Because you have really both at work. You have the podcasting and you have the video and the audio. Mm-hmm. So we really want to, our focus is to really, um, have uh, those people who are involved in podcasting, especially a lot of younger people uh, who focus on their own audience, let them see what it was like uh, before podcasting and how product was um, developed. And what I mean by product is just the the, uh, programming. So that's what we're really focusing on. And we're doing a lot with uh, diversity inclusion. Um, uh, We're going to be, we're, in the next couple of years, we're going to be working with, uh, uh, if you will, a a day a, a camp, uh, when uh, broadcast podcasting type camp uh, mm-hmm. for those uh, people in the city or children in the city that want to learn more about broadcasting. So there there's so much involved, and that's just kind of a a, a, a high level view of what the the mission is of the Museum of Broadcast Communications is. Mm-hmm. How far back do the archives go? You know. Wow, they can they go back to as early as the 1930s. Uh, the, okay. As a matter of fact, the uh, 
Broadcast uh, Museum of Broadcast Communications. Um, they uh, run every year, really, uh, one of the biggest things that they have. It's a gala. It's uh, the uh, Radio Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. uh, they're involved. They're in charge. And they, uh, many uh, radio historic fi figures um, have been inducted into uh, the Radio Hall of Fame. And this, we just had a celebration for it, I believe in December, and we've been doing it every year, uh, really since the uh, beginning. So, and radio really itself started, well, it's 100 years of radio. It started in 1921. And, yes. Uh, we have um, many, many broadcasts in the archives. I mean, that, especially with radio, with the different stations in, in the Midwest the, mm -hmm. uh, and the East Coast, that was like, primarily the earlier part of uh, radio. Right. Yep. I, I'm just thinking it would be fun to go back and look at some of those, you know, maybe they had campaigns from political campaigns. From oh yeah. 30, mm -hmm. that, you know, would go along with the classes I'm teaching and the history mm -hmm. of Chicago. Yeah. And the way and they have old television ads, uh, well, uh, political ads. I'm, I'm sure you've, um, and it's funny cause I can go, you can go on YouTube and see some of those old ones too. Uh, the Kennedy one in 1960 is a very famous one because it was a very catchy, uh, and this is a TV ad, it was very catchy. They kept using the name Kennedy, repetition, Kennedy, 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 uh, which really helped him. Um, and also, too, uh, the 1964 um, campaign with Lyndon Johnson. Mm. You probably, I don't know if you're familiar with the one he um, had against um, uh, Barry Goldwater, which yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. So you know the one where it's like yeah. the world's going to end. So right. yeah, they they have that stuff. They have that stuff. And yeah. also too, um, you uh, if you're interested, uh, Susie Schultz, uh, who's the executive director mm -hmm. of the uh, Museum of Broadcast Communications, she has done like, many many um, web uh, webinars, webcasts about the past uh, election, 2020 mm -hmm. election. Wow. Uh, and uh, the great debate series uh, that uh, you should be able to, I, I, I can check to see, uh, they should still be available because she's, she's done some wonderful work with that. Mm -hmm. Wonderful work. She did one, uh, one on just, uh, you know, the, the previous debates that we had in the, <laughs> between uh, Trump as well and Biden. And then, um, so after every one of those debates occurred, she came on Facebook live and had uh um, academics, uh, faculty members who specialize in, in debates uh, talk about yeah. it. It was a lot of fun. I, I kept getting up and leaving the room because I couldn't deal with it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, it's a it's a it's a strange time, very strange yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's something. Um, Tell me a little bit, you know, brief history of like Chicago radio and how it developed. And, you know, I had a marketing teacher once. That mm -hmm. If you really mm -hmm. want to learn about the way things were marketed in Chicago, you got to look at the way that Chicago radio worked between a certain period of time, mm -hmm. and who it was aimed towards and product, you know, present presentation, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, we had a, we had a channel for everybody. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, you know, I, I fall back to you know WCFL Radio, right. um, Chicago Federation of Labor. It was it was strictly for the the masses, uh, the masses that were heavily involved in labor because that Chicago Chicago is a labor town. 
So they focused on that. Um, WGN was owned by, um, by the Chicago Tribune, World WGN, world's greatest um, newspaper. Uh-huh. Um, we talked last time about the WLS and um, the, the barn dance. Uh-huh. But what, how that all worked with radio back in the 30s, that's really when it, radio came on its own because they re- recognized that they can start doing advertising. Mm-hmm. Then you had network radio. Um, and within network radio, you had to have programming. So you had the ABC, I'm sorry, not the ABC network, uh, CBS and NBC. Um, uh, NBC actually had two networks, uh, the red and the blue. Mm-hmm. And a lot of programming came from Chicago. Tons of programming came from Chicago, uh, you know, uh, orchestras, uh, comedy. Um, uh, Amos and Andy came from a WMAQ Chicago, uh-huh. uh, AM Chicago, and another newspaper, We Must Ask Questions. That was the Chicago Daily News. Uh, so people, and I would like to think that a lot of people still understand that Chicago was really the hub of radio's growth. Now, of course, we talk about the East Coast, but And I, you know, my theory of this, this might be a little off, I don't know, but you know, everything in the Midwest, it's the normalization of uh, communication. And what I mean by that is, and Dave, you might know what I'm talking about. Uh, When it came to news, news readers, you didn't have that accent uh, or dialect from different parts of the country, the East Coast, the South, what have, you know, uh, many newscasters came from the Midwest. They even favored, and I'm going a little west here, but it was uh, uh, Nebraska. It, it was mm. that, you know, that steady middle in the non yeah middle middle America yeah. non lilting type of uh, right. voice. Um, for so then you had those state and all those stations typically they just sounded the same because they were all doing the same thing. There it was the right. same type of programming, uh, but they they relied on they relied heavily on the, on, on network programming. Um, black radio, um, they, there were a couple radio stations, um, in the forties that played jazz. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but then in the 1950s, um, we, you know, we had, um, the, the beginning of WBON radio, um, uh, by the chess brothers who were, um, uh, two uh, Jewish businessmen that saw the, the, the growth of jazz and the growth of growth of blues uh-huh. and they knew their audience. They were right. savvy enough to know what the audience was all about. And, um, the, and, and there were some African-American, smaller African-American radio stations in Indiana, uh, North, North, Northwest Indiana. Yeah. Uh, but uh, VO1 was the one that took the ball and ran with it. Um, right. And in 1963, WVON, um, was you know, officially formed and took off from there. They, uh, it was a sole radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of their success was the fact that they catered to the African-American uh, community. Community is very big uh, in, 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 that, in our particular community. Um, also religion. Um, so of course there was a programming uh, church type program that was uh, put into place. Um, the station was heavily involved with the March on Washington. Uh, I, everything was about advancement of uh, 
African-American um, goals uh, during a very turbulent time in yeah. this country. So, uh, and then many times because, and I think we talked about this last week briefly, uh -huh. um, they, they had a lot of help from uh, Motown. Uh, Motown, oh, yeah. um, based just up the street in, if you will, Detroit, mm -hmm. uh, they premiered, they sent all their new cuts to uh, WVON so they can be played first. And mm -hmm. many times the ratings of WVON were a lot higher than the rock and roll stations uh, like the WLSs of the world or WCFL. Oh, yeah. And then you had the then you had the middle of the road radio stations in the 1960s that played some pop, but then they they still catered to older people like WIND and mm -hmm. uh, WGN and, and and that. But uh, there was so much impact that WVON had had onto the community. I mean, they did a lot of work with uh, Operation Breadbasket and mm -hmm. Jesse Jackson in the 19 uh, late mid to late uh, 1960s. Uh, it was that that was what became Operation Push, um, but it, it was a, a strong outlet that was needed because AM radio at that time in, in, the, in the 60s was I mean, that was that's that's what it was. That's uh -huh. that's where it was at. And um, VON was. Was the station uh, for African-Americans and it still is. So where where was uh, where's the beginnings of Daddy O'Daly and all the, the guys I hear about being the old DJs in Chicago and you know Northwest Indiana? Well, the reason why when when you're talking about the beginning of the beginnings of those is that it, that those that station uh -huh. really it was the, it was a great South it was the South uh, the uh, Great Migration okay okay so you had musicians come up to the Midwest, settled in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, they would be playing in bars or speakeasies or whatever you want to call them. And then behind them were uh, personalities that would introduce these uh, particular um, artists you know, mm -hmm. on stage. And then they became disc jockeys. Right. Uh, they were plucked off, uh, off these stages and they really had a good old time introducing new records and, and new mm -hmm. songs. And that, that again, turned, uh, relies on the fact that this was a place, this was a community for African-Americans who wanted that Southern flavor that they missed okay. because right. they moved up here for jobs, a safe space. That's what it was. So that, I mean, Daddy O'Daly, I mean, he was, um, oh my God, he, he just really, made people feel at home because what was so cool about that type of radio, you didn't have, and when I was talking about um, mm -hmm. dialects and, and, and what have you before, well, on those stations, like a station like VON or the Northwest Indiana radio stations, yeah. like you could talk the way you want to talk and feel comfortable yeah, and really. not have to be, and not have to be under the thumb of someone that's saying you're you're not doing this right because yeah. you know what that's what the audience was looking for yeah and if you really if you peel the onion back a little bit more it's no different than what you would hear in a, on an ethnic radio station right you know let, let's face it you know if you have the irish together or, or the polish mm -hmm. together or latinos together there you know there's there's a camaraderie there's that right. you know, that sense of belonging that's what was that was yeah. what was so important. And 
I will also mention too, I don't want to take anything away from, you know, we, we're talking radio, but I can't take anything away from the Chicago Defender newspaper or the black newspapers of that era because they really led the charge to get African-Americans uh, react or acclimated in this new, this brave new world, which was mm -hmm. the North. Right. So those two work together as well. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that, you know, didn't Daddy O'Daly have something to do with the start of the Bud Billiken parade? Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And that was, I, and I don't know the exact year. Um, I want to yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to have the year right. But uh, yeah, he was very involved with that. And that was through the, the Defender yeah. newspaper. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I have uh, access to the archives of the Defender mm -hmm. through North. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a really, really good resource for me. Mm -hmm. As far as things that um, probably would not be known unless somebody researched it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that you, that you, you, you know, you bring up a, about the fact that the, some of the stuff does get buried, but uh, you know, we need people like you and others to, to keep digging and you know, what the, the beauty of uh, the internet, the beauty of social media uh, is that we can access that stuff a lot easier. Yeah. 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 I just, you know, you know, I know a lot about the history of the chess brothers because they're like the Chicago story. You know, right straight right. Up maxwell street you know polish immigrants themselves had mm -hmm. no idea what they were doing musically mm -hmm. but somehow they could find a way to sell music right just by gut instinct no you know no you know algorithms nothing and that's mm -hmm. what it and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think a lot of that you know gut feeling in business today is missing especially these times you know how are we going to mm -hmm. recover from all this are we going to rely on algorithms from the past? You know, it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking a lot of that, a lot about that. It's funny you brought that up because um, there still is something to be said about that raw energy of just that feel that that the humanness of of it all, where you can assess a situation and say, you know what, we right. ought to try this. Um, I was watching Mad Men. Well, that was one of my favorite shows. I was watching a clip from Mad Men about one of their salespeople trying to convince uh, a television manufacturer that the African-American uh, market loves their particular product and they need to sell to that product. And this is 1960s. But the manufacturers didn't want to do that because it was, you know, they, they had their own issues on why they didn't want to sell to african-american the demographic so. they were going off of was right you know <laughs> right right and and i think when you talk about algorithms i mean that's that's basically what we're gonna uh what what's difficult is that that's what we're we're going to be stuck with look at baseball look at well baseball especially well, you and i you know yeah, yeah. How, it's, how it's ruined the sport yeah uh and you know it's it's yeah. And that, I don't know if we'll, we'll probably never get back to those days because of the mere fact that there's a lot of money involved and they, right. people are looking for a return. Um, the sweet, the, the sweet, innocent way to listen to it. Well, even music too, it's the same thing. Uh, right. In radio, they're, they're, they look at their charts and their algorithms and seeing what, what music, 
works and what doesn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all driven by the, the almighty dollar. Right. Um, so here's the point. Here's the thing I'm going to throw at you okay. is I, I think that the whole algorithm that we're talking about, all that goes to pot, if you will, because we have so we have so many podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. We could we could carve up the world or have a little piece of the world for ourselves. I can put on an eclectic podcast on music from, oh, I don't know, uh, from a, a small con- a small country, uh-huh. and I can, you know, reach out to that country through uh, through uh, the internet, right. and the or the type of music that I listen to, or there's a band. I mean, look look at what satellite radio has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you, you can get you can get you can listen to uh, the Grateful Dead ad nauseum. Um, it's, that's what it, that's what it's like now. So the algorithms that we're talking about may, may still be put into place, but they may change, you know, for, for, you know, the big, the, the mute, the huge networks where they have to rely on that stuff. But the cool thing is that people like you and I, we can have our own following. Exactly.
Now, uh, you know, I know I, I, there's a lot of stuff in you know, you know me, I'm buried in the 60s when it comes to music. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I'm sure I can find a lot of people that would be like, oh, wow, Ed, yeah, that's right. That's cool. Just like you and your music. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm in I'm into music that, you know, most people that care about it are over in another country. Right, right, right. And, and you know, it's, it's so funny when we talk about music because I'm not, I'm not, I've, you know, as a Chicagoan, it is blasphemy to say this, but I was never a blues person. Uh-huh. Um, uh, jazz, yeah, I like, I like jazz. I actually prefer jazz over blues, but my, uh, the music that I really like or that I really zone in on is obviously well, the 1960s and then some stuff in the 80s. Um, but, you know, I also have to realize I got to keep my ear out to what's going on today as well. Right. And that's difficult because you're so deeply rooted into what you what you like. Yeah. That's I hard. I know. And um, it's 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 good to have a, a son that's in his 20s that, you know, can kind of steer me in the right direction because I was totally anti rap for a while. Mm-hmm. But, um, him and I went down to New Orleans. I took him down there for his uh, 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. And we went to Jazz Fest. And he's taking me around and he's showing me these groups of, you know, brass band, hip hop, rap groups. Wow. See? Like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it spoke to you. Yeah. It, 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 isn't that great? Isn't yeah. that great? Because it, it's a, it's, you know, a melting pot. It's an amalgam. It's it's uh-huh. what, what what was there before and putting it together today. Right. So are you listening and I, I, do, do you pop it on or is it more of an appreciation? It's an appreciation. I haven't had a chance to like delve into it completely yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big uh, Baptiste family band fan. Mm hmm. Because they mm-hmm. do that sort of thing, you know, John Baptiste and all those guys, and you know, there was a whole bunch of bands. Right. I can't remember what who we saw, but it was like a great day, you know. Yeah. Mine to like all the traditional guys and the Zydeco stuff, and he took me and showed me that, and it was a good time. Yeah, I, I mean, I admire. I mean, you're. I mean, you are really into it. And, you know, I see your Facebook posts of uh, the different uh, styles of music that you're really, you're, you're really interested in. And um, I, the closest I've done to actually go somewhere to, you know, listen to, to, to say, okay, I'm leaving Chicago and I'm going somewhere else to go see a band. Uh-huh. I've never done that before, but there's a band that I really liked uh, from the nineties uh, the name of the band was called Luna. Okay. And I went to New York with a buddy of mine, a college buddy of mine. We went to see two shows. I would have never done that before. And that's, some, that's the extent that I've ever done. But, right. and of course, I can't compare it to what you do, but I, I, I felt the same excitement that you probably feel every year when yeah. you go on your, your Mecca to uh, Louisiana. Yeah. Or and you you also go to Mississippi too as well. well don't you? you know it's you know either it's either Memphis or Louisiana. It's, no, okay. You know the if the world would have been a better place if it wasn't for the damn Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> we right, would right. be much happier as a civilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. I can't wait to read the book. Yeah, I can't wait to read your book on that. Wow. <laughs> 
but you know just the, tri- the the history of new orleans that you know went between french and spanish rule and mm-hmm. stuff and the the stories about you know fur trapping and the mm-hmm. territory and all that you know it's all it's all there you know yeah yeah so um moving forward um Let's see, we're talking about again about Chicago radio. Uh-huh. My, my primary interest in Chicago radio, I, I like for instance, in, you know, we talk about the history of Chicago radio or just the history of radio in general. Um, I've always, 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 always loved local radio, local uh-huh. Chicago radio. I was never into um, the network radio shows like the Jack Benny show or, right. um, you know, Dragnet and all those radio. I was never into the golden age of radio, which is, again, it sounds like it's blasphemy, but I always liked the local because yeah. the, the, it just, there, was a, there was a seasoning to it. It was, it, it, it spoke to me uh-huh. um, that, okay, you're going to talk, you're going to give me a traffic uh, report on what's going on at the Dan Ryan, or you're going to play a song from a band that's based here in Chicago. Um, it, it was something magical to me that this was mine. I own this. I, you couldn't own Dragnet. You couldn't own right. those other those other programs. So I, I and I think I told you that I scour YouTube for um, uh, radio uh, clips from Chicago. Oh yeah, so do I. I do that because I and I like to hear that. And then what I do is then I put my mind into how it was back in 1965 right. or 1972. Uh, what, you know, what was going on then? Mm-hmm. Uh, listening for nuance in uh, how they would give the weather. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they would, they, and just how, how things have changed you know, from right. then to now. I, I always, always, always loved, and always loved local radio and local television because it's, it, it's just more, there's a more earthiness to it. It's, 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 it's real. It's, it's also raw to me. And there was locally produced shows that. Yeah. Tons, tons. Especially especially children's shows. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Television. Yeah. Chicago had a, well, well, you know, we can go on and on about Chicago television and, and uh, you know, the, the kids shows Uh, radio. uh, They, they had, for instance, like WCFL, they had this uh, locally pro- uh, produced show um, back in the ni- mid-1960s that fed off of the whole comic book series of Boom, of, of uh, the Green Hornet, um, mm-hmm. and Bat- the Batman TV show. They had this uh, um, program called Chicken Man, which was like a little vignette of like a 10-minute, five to 10-minute vignette of uh, a superhero. It was a, co- a comedic um, send off to what uh, Batman was all about. So, and that was huge. I mean, it, that stuff that that stuff was syndicated. It was done right here. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you know, Chicago. I think there, when it came to broadcasting, a, a lot of it was due to the fact that there were a lot of very, very big, big advertising agency here. I mean, you had so much create creativity mm-hmm. here in this town, where uh, ads were produced. You had kind of, you know super talented people that you know went from one media to the other uh-huh. just doing their magic or creating magic and that's another reason why chicago has been so 
um, popular and so successful for all things broadcast. When I was um, in college, I had summer job at a TV station that recorded, you know, Salozzi Adelson commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh and, uh, really? I remember those. The uh, owner of this place actually bought the entire set from Kukla Friend and Ali and had it back in the, in the, in the back store. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but, you know. Wow. <laughs> Kukla Friend and Ali. Yeah, that was, um, that was known in the 50s. It was known as the... Um, uh, the Chicago School of Television, uh -huh. where you, where every, I mean, plays were made, uh, theater type programs were on the on, on, on the TV stations like WGN Channel Five, mm -hmm. um, Channel Two. It, it, I mean, we're talking about they covered everything. This, I mean, it was a lot of those people. Comedy. A lot of those people that were involved with this uh, era of television went on to. Big, 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 big things uh, yeah. in, in, in uh, television, radio, and film because they cut their teeth here in Chicago. Hey, you and I grew the, up with like, you know, Garfield Goose and Friends. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. Ray Rayner. Ray yeah, Ray Rayner. Um, and, and, and it's so funny. You still have that. It, it, here I'm, what, 56 years old, and you still have that, that little ping in your heart for those yeah, people. Yeah, right. You know, you know, it's still there. I just I, remember... I've, you know, sitting there on a snow day, waiting for yeah. to, to yeah. the name of your school was closed. Right, right. And then you were, you're like, okay, I got cartoons. I, yeah. you know, I'm going to be chilling. Serial <laughs> and cartoons. Yeah. Um, and again, it's what we're talking about, local programming. I, I, I'm uh, on a lot of groups, uh, broadcast history groups on, on Facebook. Uh -huh. And, you know, they'll throw things out there. Like, I don't know if you remember BJ and Dirty Dragon. Cartoon oh, yeah. Dragon. Yeah. channel 32 that was yeah. that was all that stuff was live man yeah it was live some of it was recorded but it was done here yeah here i know i mean it's crazy the, the dragon no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the blob too remember yeah jeez and um I, you know i've been circus, it, you know Bozo, yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. 1961 when it started. And I mean, and you've heard the the the, the story about it would take people years to get tickets to get to the show. I was blessed that somehow our our fifth grade class got to go see Bozo. Wow. And I don't know, I she must have knew somebody there because when I found out we were going to go to go to Bozo Circus, it was like uh, I couldn't sleep the night before. We were like, "Wow, I'm going to go into a real TV studio." <laughs> ah, man, it freaked me out. And I remember the date; it was uh, February seventeenth, nineteen seventy-six. Of course, I was well. I was a little a little older for Bozo, but I didn't care. Yeah, and I got to see Ray Rayner. He was uh, he shook my hand. It was great. Wow. Those those things you'll never forget, man. Yeah, I bet you really wanted to play the magic buckets or whatever those were. Oh, well, yeah, I was hoping. I was hoping. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. But I, I just sat there the entire time and just, I, I wasn't really paying attention to uh -huh. what was going on. I was just looking at, wow, this is a TV studio. This is really smooth, you know. Uh -huh. But um, I was reading um, uh, Robert Feeder's uh, comment, uh, um, 
uh, he has a, I hate to call it a blog because it's a lot bigger than that. I mean, I really respect a lot of the work that he does. Um, he was, uh, you know, talking about, you know, or promoting the fact that uh, the Museum of Broadcast Communication is doing um, a, uh, a retrospect on 100 years of broadcast or 100 years of radio. And, you know, it was just reading that article and just feeling good about, you know, what we're going to be doing at the, the, the broadcast um, museum. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, I've been, this is the stuff that, you know, if I can make a billion dollars off of this stuff, it, it would be, it's not, it wouldn't be me working. This is what I could do all day long. Yeah. I could talk about radio all day long. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can. Yeah. I, and, you know, it's just, yeah. it, like if someone, you know, it's kind of like what they say, you know, if you, if you really enjoy doing something, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's not work. And I'm sure like when you do, well, you do your radio show, yeah, you're yeah, feeling you, the same way. There, there and was, when you play your, when you put, when you're in your band. There was a point where I went to a faculty meeting at Northwestern as like a new adjunct faculty member because I had to, you know, make my face present and everything. Right. And I'm sitting at a table and everybody's going around the table telling what class they teach. And I'm sitting around people that are, you know, into these heady business subjects and like physics and that and they come to me and I say I teach a class on the migration of music to the Chicago area and I went into the whole spiel and after my my elevator spiel one of the guy goes can you get paid for that yeah <laughs> that's right that's right that's right man yes, I do <laughs> yeah that's right man because you know what you're talking about yeah. and you love what you're doing. I mean, just like the business folks, you know, or yeah, anybody, I mean, these are, this is, it's an interest for them. And uh, if you're yeah. really locked and loaded on, on the topic that you love. Oh yeah. Yeah. God bless them. You know? Yeah. Oh, sure. That organizational development, you know, and change, you know, all that kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, nah, yeah. And see, it's funny. I, I try real hard not to, you know, I, I think about you know, I'm like, wow, that rings their chimes. That's cool because yeah, I, really. <laughs> and and, and I, I'm sure I don't know if this has happened to you, but you know, sometimes I'll I'll get excited. I'll talk to somebody about radio, somebody that doesn't really know much about the industry or Chicago or whatever, yeah. you know, and then I start getting all crazy, and then I see their eyes glass over, and I'm like, oh boy, I better stop. Let me let me talk. Hey, how about some? Uh, there, there's some. Let me let me go over there and uh, would you like a beverage or something because <laughs> and then i then i flip and ask them questions and of course they're going to tell me about something that my my glad my eyes will glass over as well right so but yeah it's it's something um <laughs> and, and it's funny because i i went to school for broadcasting yeah and you know i'm doing uh i'm a business development manager now so um that's a path that i you know i i still love it I still love radio. I've done a little radio, um, you know, obviously at the, uh, the radio station in um, Round Lake, but um, it's still a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy it. Well, so. You know, ever since COVID, I've been just producing my radio shows from home and, you know, enjoying life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to, I got to start on my, I got to get a, I got to get a podcast going. I just got to get my equipment together and, um, I, I got to just do it. Um, 
because I have a, a room in, in the basement where I can do this. So I just got to I got to just go ahead and jump in on it because um, I, I've been writing. The good thing is I've been writing uh, a lot of good ideas for my show. So, of course, I would love to have you on it. Oh, because remember that show. I still have that, that show that you and I did. Oh, the first show. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good. That was a great. That was a great time, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I think we were both shocked that we had a good time. <laughs> ah, why would you be shocked? I don't know. I was. I was like. I know, wasn't shocked. I was apprehensive about it, you know, because I didn't know that I could. I was possibly capable of doing what I did. But it showed that you love. Listen, you it. talked about what you loved, and that's it. Came out. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I, uh, you know, going back to this whole craziness of radio and television, um, my mom always talks about when, and I don't know if I ever told you the story, but she said when I was three or four years old, I used to read the, um, call letters out loud from the newspaper, the old Chicago today newspaper. Okay. I would just read them out loud. Um. And, and what I would do too is like when I woke up in the morning, I would turn on the, the television. And at that time, uh, TV station signed on at about seven o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. So I get up at six as a kid, three or four, and just stare at the, the, the what they would do is they'll have the test pattern, the test pattern. on the yeah. screen. Right. And they would have music and I would just stare at that test pattern. <laughs> stare at it. Just stare at it. Uh, I mean... Do you think it has some sort of, you know, uh, mental <laughs> cause to why you're you who you are now? <laughs> I'm staring at test patterns. I'm being hit. Uh, I don't know. What, you know, I man, I you know, I I probably need some therapy to figure that one out because I can't. But man, I was just mesmerized. There was this one station. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but Channel Twenty, right? Yeah. Well, back in the late 60s, I'm talking 69, uh, how old was I, four? Yeah. Uh, they had, uh, instead of a test pattern before they, it was a PBS station, WXXW, which um, was like WTTW. Right. But WXXW, Channel 20. And they had, and I'm looking at it right now. They had a picture, an overhead picture of the, um, it was a slide picture of, the John Hancock building from, ab- from above. So you'd be looking down at the John Hancock building and then it would have the, uh, on the upper right-hand corner, there was the, um, the call letters and, and WXXX, WXXW TV Chicago. Uh-huh. And I would just stare at that thing, just stare at while they were playing. And they were playing Dave, Bu- Dave Brubeck music <laughs> in the background. And I would wait every morning and, and just, just listen to it. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. It, yeah, I don't think, you know, I never told anybody this. You're the first person I told you, told well, about this. Um, when I was, uh, when I was that age, we were living in Memphis. Right. There was, there was a whole, you know, there was a whole slew of Memphis produced show, shows too. Mm-hmm. South, mm-hmm. so. Right. right. <laughs> and I remember distinctly being able to imitate the call letters for Channel 5. Channel Five, Memphis. <laughs> Steam whistle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, That's I, great. I thought that was so funny that this little kid was like Channel Five. 
Isn't that great? Isn't yeah. that great? Yeah. And it stuck with you. Yeah. It stuck with you, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Because, you know, I didn't come, well, my family, you know, was a product of uh, divorce. Uh -huh. So I didn't have a, I didn't come from a big family. So it was all, it was all media all the time. It was my babysitter. And yeah. um, I watched a lot of television. I watched a lot of game shows in, in, in the mid seventies uh, while my mom went to work, uh, watch game shows, you know, in the summertime, in the morning, and I'd go out yeah. and play, but man, it was dead. And that's, I was like, well, I guess this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get into broadcasting because <laughs> this is all I know. <laughs> Gosh, but yeah, it's um, it's it's always been in my heart, and I, I enjoy it. I, I love it, and um, it's just fun to talk about because yeah. it, it, it's because you know it's it's kind of like with you and your band. Mm -hmm. There's a signal. There there's a, a transmitting signal that that people receive and right. they love, and yeah. you you're locked in, and um, it's a great it's it's so great when you can get into that you have that opportunity to to talk to people about this, uh, mm -hmm. this things that interest you. Absolutely.